The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, March 2nd, 2020. The woman in your life will do what she must do to comfort you and calm you down and let you rest now. The woman in your life, she can rest so easily. She knows everything you do because the woman in your life is you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holtz, and I'm your host. And with me at the board is my friend, my partner, my engineer, and my co-producer, Ken Norton. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. Here we are, March 2nd, the first day of International Women's History Month, and I am so excited about this program. And also, as everybody knows, we are celebrating the 100th anniversary since we got the 19th Amendment guaranteeing and protecting women's constitutional right to vote. And I'm thrilled to talk about who's joining me, because joining me on the phone this morning will be Molly Murphy McGregor, one of the co-founders of the National Women's History Month. I mean, it started out as Women's History Day, then Women's History Week, and now we have Women's History Month. And just to let you know, the first Women's History Week was observed on March 1st, 1978. So we've come a long way. Now we have a whole month, but We still have a long way to go. To kick off National Women's History Month and to remember and celebrate whose shoulders we are standing on, on March 8th, National Women's History Day, there will be a special Santa Rosa uh, Rosie Rally 2020 honoring Rosie the Riveter, a culture icon during World War II representing the women who worked in factories and shipyards during that time will be joining me on the phone. And what's so interesting Interesting about that when you think about it. After the war was over, they send the women back to their kitchen, so to speak. But you know something? We never went back. And joining me on the phone will be uh, Leslie Graves, who's a member of the steering committee for the Sonoma County 2020 Suffrage Project and the organizer of the Rosie Rally 2020. And she'll be talking all about it. And then my last guest, you know, joining me in the studio is a very special guest, Jenny Chamberlain. Uh, She's a member of the chief of staff. Actually, she is the uh, chief of staff to Sonoma County 4th District Supervisor James Gore. And today's show, as an example of ordinary women doing extraordinary things she wrote her what i would consider life story and in reading it i thought to myself women's spaces need to hear from her because it is both an inspiring and an example of what women can do when they put their mind to it not only what women can do what i'm convinced behind every great woman is a great mother you know so and we're going to talk uh, quite a bit about her family and her culture so i am very very excited about that and you know i want to just tell a little story here one of my favorite favorite cartoons or I guess, I don't know, is that what you call the cartoons in the Press Democrat is the family circus. And this Sunday, they spoke to my heart. So here's what I want to read what was in their, uh, in their, uh, uh, I, I, what do you call this, Ken? I guess, uh, you know, something, that, uh, the comics in the newspaper, their comic strip, the family circus. Here it goes. Listen to this. As the family circus begins our 60th year, we remember that 
a century from today. Remember, we remember that a century from today. A house doesn't matter. The house we lived in doesn't matter. The money we made doesn't matter. The clothes we wore doesn't matter. The kind of car we drove doesn't matter. But the world will be a better place because our children were loved. But the world will be a better place because our children to love were loved. I'm going to change that a little bit. But the world will be a better place because we love all children. Not just our child. My theory is if you have a child and you claim to love that child, you have to love all children. Because there's an old saying, by the grace of God go there you and I. So if one child is damaged in the world, or let's look at what's going on in the borders, that they actually took children from their parents. One child, that could happen to. It could happen to any mother or father's child. And we have to be aware of that. And if you look at history, you can see how far down people go and what they do when it comes to children. And right now, I don't think we have much respect for our children. And we have to start looking at that. So let's just say this one more time. But the world will be a better place because we loved all children. What a thought. Well, a lot to think about, but, you know, that's what Women's Spaces is all about. We have to, every Monday morning, we're going to sit down and we're going to listen to Elaine and we're going to start thinking about things. Well, you know, I always say this every, every show, our history is our strength. You know, and on March 1st, 1978, like I said, was the first Women's History Week that was first observed in Sonoma County, California. Also on March 1st, Congress passes a resolution designating March as Women's History Month. And that was March 1st, 1987. On March 3rd, 1913... Women's suff- there was a women's suffrage parade in Washington, D.C. There were over 8,000 women gathered to, dem- to demand a constitutional amendment and guaranteeing the right to vote. And then on March 4th, I love this one, Jeanette Rankin, a Republican, took her seat as the first female member of Congress. Like I said, we've come a long way, baby. And then one of my heroes, I mean my heroes that I love more than anything, on March 4th, 1933, Frances Perkins became the United States Secretary of Labor, the first male member of the United States Cabinet. Now visualize this. The first woman coming in when the unions were forming and you had all these Irish union people and Jewish union people gathering. They wanted a new deal. They wanted something better. We were coming out of a depression. We needed something. And here comes this woman, Frances Perkins. She brought us Social Security. She brought us child protection laws. She brought us the ability to be able to unionize. I mean, an amazing woman. So, Frances Perkins, thank you. Well, we've got a lot to cover on this show, and I'm really excited because joining me on the phone right now is one of my favorite people, Leslie Graves. Good morning, Leslie. 
Good morning, Elaine. How are you doing this morning? Well, I'm so excited. You know, here we are the first day of International Women's History Month and all these wonderful things are going on. And, you know, to begin with, you know, let me just tell folks just a little bit about you. You know, Leslie Graves is on the steering committee for the Sonoma County 2020 Suffrage Project and the organizer for Rosie Rally 2020 here in Santa Rosa. So welcome. Leslie, talk about the event that's coming up and what inspired you? And I know you've got some really special things that are going to be happening. Yeah. So the Santa Rosa Rosie Rally, it's our first one in Courthouse Square ever. And it is a way to celebrate International Women's Day. So that happens every year on March 8th. And this year, that happens on a Sunday. So what better time to celebrate International Women's Day as well as kick off National Women's History Month. So very exciting. We're actually physically sponsored by uh, the National Women's History Alliance. And we've got two original Rosie the Riveters that will be at our event. We've got uh, Phyllis Gold and Marion uh, Souza, who both worked at the Richmond Kaiser Shipyard during World War II. Phyllis was a welder, and her younger sister, Marion, was a, a draftsman or a drafter. Uh, they have lived a very full life. They've done a lot since World War II, and their stories are amazing. How did We're you find them? To- Wait, how did you, how did you find these sisters? I mean, what a wonderful thing to bring to our community. Yeah, yeah. Well, they do work with the, uh, the, the Rosie the Riveter National Park down there and at the Richmond, uh, shipyard. And so, um, I just reached out, you know, last year, and you were asking about, uh, the impetus of having this event last year on March 9th in 2019. I was kind of kicking myself looking around. I thought, you know, hey, that was International Women's Day just yesterday and nothing had happened of a sizable portion here in Sonoma County. And when I think about stuff mm-hmm. like that, instead of pointing the finger at somebody else, I have to point it at myself. <laughs> I just selected myself as the person to make something happen in 2020. It's an important year, not only for the election. We know the primary is tomorrow on March 3rd, but we also have the centennial of the, of the suffrage movement and the 19th Amendment, as well as the census. And we know that records show that over 16 million women participated in home front jobs that were traditionally occupied by men during World War II. If if not for those women, we would not have won World War II. And we want to make sure that those home front heroes like Phyllis and Marion are not only honored, but they're remembered. I know Phyllis has a um, an important date in mind coming up. It's March 21st, and she's trying to make that uh, recognized as National Rosie the Riveter day every single year it's been recognized since 2017 but it's not something that's permanent yet so we're going to get everybody to know about that we're also going to honor folks in our own local community individuals and organizations that exhibit that we can do spirit because you know what right now 2020 just like in during world war ii we've all got to come together and make sure that our voices are heard that we count that everything that we do is pointing us in a positive direction for our future. So that's why this election is really important, right? Well, it's, Leslie, we Leslie, about that backlash. Leslie, your excitement and your effort 
inspires me tremendously. So talk just a little bit. We're, we're coming to the end of the segment. Like I said, I can only do about five minutes in here. Yeah. Talk about people. You know, one of the things that I did, I went on YouTube and just to let folks know they're invited to dress as, as uh, Rovie, Rosie the Riveter and you can go on YouTube and they got all kinds of different little <laughs> venues where they show you how to wrap your hair with the bandana and it's just really exciting. So I know you're encouraging that. So give us the time, the place, and the website and any last words you have. Yeah, so it's this Sunday, March 8th, from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. in Courthouse Square, right there, down in the middle of downtown Santa Rosa. And we'll be out there with about 20 different organizations that will be tabling. We'll be there. uh, Yeah, you'll be there. Women's Spaces will be there, as well as many others. Check us out on our website. Uh, excuse me, on our Facebook page, which is Santa Rosa Rosie Rally 2020. There's an event page on Facebook. It's connected to Courthouse Square Events Facebook page, as well as the Santa Rosa Women's March. And I tell you what, if you come and you are a union member, remember Rosie was a union member, please show us your union pride because we have a special little Rosie the Riveter um, ribbon lapel pin that we'll be giving you for free. Lots of photo opportunities. A professional photographer will be there. The two original Rosies, some World War II era singing, and, and most importantly, the community. Come out and celebrate International Women's Day on Sunday, March 8th, Courthouse Square from 11 to 2 with our Santa Rosa Rosie Rally 2020. Well, Leslie Graves, first of all, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for always coming on and giving us all this wonderful, wonderful information. But I want to do a shout-out for you. I mean, I know how much energy you put in. I know where your heart is. And I know 90% of the stuff, if maybe I'm wrong, maybe 100% is mostly volunteer. I mean, you're there with your heart and your skills. And I want to thank you for, for coming on and for doing all that you do. And much success with this wonderful, this wonderful, event. So just a reminder, folks, that's going to be this Sunday, this Sunday, March 8th, which we're celebrating International Women's Day, which is very, very exciting. And it's going to be from, did you say from 11 to 2, Leslie? That's right. 11 to 2 o'clock. Give you time to get out of church and come on down to Courthouse Square. <laughs> Dress up as Rosie the Riveter or any important woman in history that you feel inspires you. And trust me, if you just come as you are, you're going to inspire me. So I'm looking forward to seeing everybody at the Rosie Rally. Well, I'm bringing my favorite picture of Eleanor Roosevelt holding the Declaration of Human Rights that you wrote for the United Nations. Thank you, Leslie Graves. Thank you. And wonderful, wonderful, wonderful interview and wishing all of us much success with this wonderful, wonderful uh, event. Thank you again. Thanks, Elaine. Thank you. Bye-bye. Wow, I'm telling you, you know something, women are just amazing. And if imagine the more of us that come together and stand together and like in the name of the future of our children, it's just amazing. And we have a lot of different events going on, and I'm going to go very quickly with this. You know, it's it's real interesting what's going on in our community. Uh-uh, lost my notes. I'll have to do something a little bit different. Okay. So now we're going to take a musical break. And I am, I got to tell you something about this song. Lady Gaga did a song, and it's called A Bad Romance. And what ended up happening was this group called Soma Learning heard the song, 
and decided they were going to turn it into a suffrage song. The song is almost six minutes long, so what we're going to do is I'm going to play part one, and then we're going to go into an interview. Uh, We're going to have Molly McGregor on the phone, and then just before we bring Jenny Chamberlain on, we're going to play part two. So let me just tell you a little bit about this song. The song is a bad romance till we have a woman's suffrage, inspired by Alice Paul, and it was produced by Somo Learning. This is a a six-minute song with Like said, we're going to play in two parts. A little history about this song. It was inspired by the song Bad Romance sung by Lady Gaga, who won many awards for it. The melody and imagery of this song inspired the making of the one we are about to play. And I want you to know that if you go on YouTube and type in a bad romance, you can see the whole video. It is absolutely fabulous. So when we come back, well, we'll be talking on the phone with Molly Murphy McGregor, one of the co-founders of the National Women's History Month, and we'll be talking about how we got here and what to look forward to regarding this historical year. So go ahead, Ken. Uh-uh, we're having some uh, technical difficulty here. So why don't we go ahead and get Molly McGregor on the phone, and I'm going to give Ken another song to put on. So we're going to just hold on just for one second. I have a song in here. You gave me a song. Oh, okay. Are, is it playing? Yeah, you can play it. Okay, let's go. I am woman, hear me roar. Your number's too big to ignore. And I know too much to go back and pretend. Cause I've heard it all before And I've been down there on the floor And no one's ever gonna keep me down again Oh yes, I am wise But it's wisdom born to pain Yes, I paid the price But look how much I've gained If I have to, I can't do anything I am strong It only serves to make me more determined to achieve my final goal. And I will come back even stronger, not an novice any longer.
Wow. I am woman, hear me roar. Well, we had a little technical difficulty. We replaced the song, and here we are again. But that's what women are like. We're resilient. You know, give us the situation, and we come out of it. And I just want to remind my listeners, we are live here, and every once in a while we do have a little bit of technical difficulty. Uh, for you just joining us, you are listening to KBBF 89.1 FM, Calistoga, Santa Rosa. And I want to remind my listeners, the opinions expressed here are not necessarily the opinions of KBBF, its board of directors, its members, and women's spaces. And now, without further ado... I want to introduce my guest, but first I want to welcome you back. Once again, you were listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holt. And without further ado, I want to introduce my next guest joining me on the phone, and I want folks to know that we would not be celebrating International Women's History Month if it were not for my friend, Molly McGregor. Molly, welcome to Women's Spaces. Another year. Uh, thank you. And if it wasn't me, it would have been somebody else. So let's get that straight. Oh, I don't think so, Molly. <laughs> I'm going to give you that credit and the whole group that you got together. And you did it. And I am very proud to know you. I'm very proud. It's part of our county and part of our county history. Well, before we go into talking about Women's History Month and all the things that uh, how it happened, how we got here, may I tell my the folks a little bit about you? Go ahead. Molly Murphy McGregor is the National Women's History Alliance Executive Director and Co-Founder and Chair of the National Women's History uh, Project, right? Uh, Board of Directors. Uh, Molly National is, Women's History Alliance, but okay. Oh, it's the Go Alliance, on. right. That's right. And Molly is a uh-huh. former high school social studies teacher who has worked for over 15 years in the field of gender equality and women's history. McGregor... Con- you say 55 so people have a, ca- a concept of how old I am. Okay. Well, Go ahead. Molly... Sorry. Molly, <laughs> on March 18th, I'm going to be 80. Don't okay, talk about being old. <laughs> I can remember us walking down the campus at Sonoma State University. I mean, it seems like it was just yesterday. It well, does. let me continue with this. Her work in the field of multicultural women's history has been solely recognized, including awards from the National Education Association, the U.S. Department of Education, and the National Association for Multicultural Education, and the Association for Gender Equality Leadership in Education. Very, very excited, Molly. Congratulations on all these things. So let's start out. Let's talk about our history of actually having a Women's History Month day and week. How did you get involved? And give us, give us a little backstory. Okay. Well, I was a high school teacher. A student asked me, what is the women's movement? I was like five years older than this kid. I was teaching social studies. I had not a clue what he was talking about. I was trying to survive as a teacher and as a wife. And uh, not knowing the answer and not being able to admit I didn't know the answer, I looked as smart as I could and said, what a good question. Let's divide into groups. And we divided into groups of government, um, social activity, religion, uh, uh, politics, and finally history. Went home to my sacred history shrine of history books. I received straight A's in history, and um, my, my entire book was outlined. And the one chapter that was in the book was on Seneca Falls, um, can you ch- the Molly, can you Conference. talk up a little bit? In, the, in 1848, the Women's Rights Conference. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. So I, look, I read that, realized that I was a 
married woman teaching high school wearing pants to school because these women all those years ago had been brave enough to speak out against social convention. Um, it changed my life because immediately I thought about my mother. I'm the youngest of nine children. My mother made raising nine loving, connected children relatively effortless, and I thought I had never asked her why. So I went back to my students and said to them, you know, I don't know what you were talking about, but let's find out. So from then on, every chapter that we did, we asked what were the women doing, along with all the other questions we asked. And I I knew that I knew little, came to Sonoma State, got in the graduate program in history to learn as much as I could, got involved in the education task force of Sonoma County Commission on the Status of Women, and came up with the idea of since no one knows this history. Let's designate a time for it so that teachers will have the opportunity to really look and see what have women done. You know, they had never been asked the question before. Why would they find the answer? And so in 1978, we had our first Women's History Week in this county, um, celebrated by all the schools. The Board of Education supported 100%. We got community resource women to go into the schools and talk about their lives, talk about what they thought they were going to do and what they really did. And then in 1979, we even had a parade, and people took slides and pictures and grand things of that parade. And in that summer of 1979, I was invited to a special conference for women leaders that were from the Girl Scouts, the AAW, um, every national organization for women. Lots of these women had been at Houston and knew Preston Carter personally, and they went for it with great gusto. Oh, yes, let's let's. Let's see if we can get this designated on the school calendar. They went back to their parishes because nuns are the greatest organizers. And that was in July. And in that February, I received a call from President Carter's office saying that um, President Carter was going to issue a proclamation asking the American people to pause and remember the extraordinary contributions of women. Wow. At that same time, Barbara Mikulski, who was in the House of Representatives, a liberal uh, female Easterner, and uh, uh, um, Orrin Hatch, who was in the Senate at the time, uh, a male Westerner, um, a conservative, co-sponsored a resolution that Women's History Month would be the next year, and it would be the week of March 8th. So for the next six years, we had to go back and lobby Congress every year to ask them to have the week of March 8th, International Women's Day, be designated as Women's History Week. And during that time, 14 states had passed uh, legislation that said March would be National History Month. And finally, in 1987, Congress said March will be National Women's History Month. And the National Women's History Project, now Alliance, grew up promoting as many materials, uh, contacting as many publishers, doing everything we could possibly do to ignite the country in, in an enthusiastic outpouring of interest in women. And that's what we've been doing ever since. Well, you um, know, it's, That's our story, and we're sticking to it. 
What's really interesting, as you tell this story, I remember us walking to class at Sonoma State and you telling me, do you know something? There's never been a woman art show. And I said to you, really? She says, we should have one. And I says, I agree with you. <laughs> I remember that conversation like it was yesterday. And well, it's just amazing. Let's give credit to Sonoma County because J.J. Wilson and Karen Peterson wrote the very, very, very first book on women artists. Before then, they were totally footnotes, and all you have to do is look back at the history. Again, it was in the late 70s, and uh, and they launched a whole revolution in the field of women art. So um, it's just astounding the things that one woman, two women can do can do t- together. Well, we had a ama- we had an amazing we had an amazing class from nineteen. 19- I was there from nineteen seventy three to nineteen seventy five, and you know, I just want to do a shout out to Ann Neal. My God, you know, I That's always okay. I always want to recognize her. How wonderful she was. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. The story is so wonderful, I mean, and, and you've accomplished so much, but I know in between there was a lot of challenges. What, what were your biggest challenges when you, when you reflect back? I mean, now you're the Alliance, which gives it even more credibility. You're more than a project. You're now a, a historical, you know, all across the United States. I mean, it's just amazing. But what were some of the challenges? And, and as a woman, how did you overcome them? I mean, how, how were you able to stand up? Our challenge is always, well, two challenges. Number one, money, money, money. <laughs> and the the problem with generating money for women's history is people think of it it's an abstract concept. Oh, yeah, that. And, and most of them had high school teachers that made it so boring that the, just the word history made them kind of semi-gag. <laughs> and what they had, what we had to give them, we had to help them understand that women's history is the history of the United States of America. So that was a huge challenge, women's history. What had women done? Why did it matter? And why should I write a check and support it? And um, so those were our two biggest challenges, getting people to understand um, the inspiration that comes to our life by knowing what these women have done. And the money, because you can't do anything without money. And we were just, we were five grassroots organizers who had very little money. Um, and we had to kind of convince the, the, the powers that be, the people that be, um, to support us. And, and it was grim. It was very, very grim for a very long time. Um, but I'm happy to tell you that we have amazing support today, and the only way we're going to be able to carry on is by getting more and more support. If people know um, uh, uh, institutions that might support us or um, uh, 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 corporations that might support us, remember, we have had none of that. It's all come from the goodness of people believing that it matters. And... Um, so, yeah, I'd have to tell you that money was the number one problem, uh, and it was related to the fact that people didn't understand, why should I care about it? 
I hated history. Oh, my God. I'm not talking about myself because I happen to love history. But that's what we heard. People didn't understand the connection between history and their own lives. Well, you know, I I think... Every single day they were making history. Every single day they were moving forward. And that was the greatest challenge of really getting people to understand the importance of women's history and the importance of of funding it. Well, you know, it reminds me of that of that uh, of that button that we wear. In spite of it all, she persisted. Oh, no kidding! I mean, that's exactly no what it sounds like. I mean, you have the mm-hmm. challenges, and you you know you go for. Well, you know, we're we're celebrating history, International Women's History Month, and History Week, and then on March eighth, we're going to have a big celebration downtown with Rosie the yep. Riveter, which I had Leslie on before. She's so. I mean, we have to do a shout out for her doing some of the stuff that she's doing. Oh my God! Let's give a huge shout oh, out. Oh, definitely! To that I woman mean, has done more than we can even imagine. I, I don't. I don't know when she sleeps, but thank <laughs> was, you, thank yeah, you. I mean, it, it, and, and when she comes on, she's so excited that, that I can't wait to get there. But, you know, <laughs> but, you know it, it, it's, it's so interesting. How do you feel when, when you look back and you remember where we were in 73 and 75? There was no women's history, no women's history month. None of this stuff was happening. No women in art. How do you see, you know, we have come a long way, baby. I mean, we really have. How do you see all that that we that took place has really impacted? How, how do you see women of today? Because when I look at the women of today, especially some of the women that were elected in Congress, I see the suffragists. Look at them. Look at them. They're, they're courageous. They're outspoken. They're brilliant. I mean, at women they know their history. These, these women have an opportunity to to show themselves as brilliant. Remember, it was um, it was the uh, Barbara Tolman and and the work that she did on on uh, getting women shelters. She didn't even exist. People people didn't believe women were beaten by their husbands. They didn't believe they were raped. Look at the rape crisis center we started in this county. Um, how can I feel anything but extraordinary gratitude that I was lucky enough to live in this county and be surrounded by these people who took action every single day and didn't give up and 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 were maligned all over the place and it still didn't matter you know we were we were lesbians we were toothless we hated <laughs> children we hated men we uh we were ugly we were fat we were um, you know anything anything that might be pejorative and so what those were just jerks and uh <laughs> I just can't even tell you how proud I am of this county. I mean, I'm proud that the women's movement has moved forward. But I think we need to look at this county and see the numbers of women who started health clinics um, so that people could have counseling, could have special needs. Um, oh, a commission uh, on the status of women. Here to sing to us, to, to remind us to... To, to be brave, to be bold. We had Chris Williamson telling us to love each other. Um, it's just been a grand, grand experience. And each of those women have affected other women. Um, well, you know, the you numbers know. of women you've affected with your program, do you think you can count them? No. And they affected other women. You know, I, I like to think of us, oh, it sounds like a terrible word, but like this huge, huge virus that has taken over <laughs> the world. And, um, and, and all you have to do is look internationally. Well, I you mean, know, I want to... I want to... At what we've done. 
I want to tell you just a little story about women's spaces. You know, I was working in Athena House, and when they came, when this guy Joe came in and said, hey, we want to do a woman's show, I remember thinking, a woman's show? And, and what it, was Athena House? Right. How was Athena House? Right. It was, you know, well, that was, that would, that in itself, I mean, I'll uh-huh. never I used to go in front of Judge Pascalaco, and he'd say, who are you saving today, Elaine? And I'd say, Judge, I'm just trying to give a woman another opportunity to maybe just to get her life together. We need, we all need support. He gave me every woman. Get her out of jail. I mean, those are the things we, we did, and we did them together, and we did them because they needed to be done, and each of them interweaves to the other, and... <coughs> Oh, by the way, you mentioned, you mentioned, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. I took in too deep a breath. Okay. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Chris Williamson. Chris Williamson, that's what brought me on the air was I was, I introduced, in fact, we've done research. We can only find three women that were on the air at that time that actually had women's shows that we were playing women's music. Well, listen, my love, we're coming to the end of the segment. I could talk to mm-hmm. you forever and forever and forever. Any last words, website, anything else you'd like to say? Our website, use our website. It's just filled with information. Um, uh, our website is w h w is in women h is in history uh, p is no wait I skipped it w and Molly what's your website um, w h n p no not p it's a it's w h n a nineteen eighty at gmail.com. dot well, we and, got it. Um, and uh, there's so much information there. You don't have to go to the store. You can just go to um, the section that says Women's History Throughout the Year. Scroll down. There's downloadable materials that you can use and distribute and uh, let the world know about the extraordinary strength of women. What's, your, what's the theme this year? Our theme is Valiant Women of the Vote. And we know that every woman that's listening is going to vote and get 10 other people to vote. Because um, because we got to do it. Well, Molly McGregor, once again, thank you from the bottom of my heart for being on Women's Spaces, for sharing this absolutely wonderful story. So much pride in Sonoma County, and so much pride in knowing you and what you've accomplished, and what we're still accomplishing. You know, it's and it's look, a have have everybody come to the rally on Saturday. It's going to be grand and and um, fun, illuminating, and we're going to be there. We're going to sell products. So if people want things that they don't have to pay postage on, have them email me at nwhp1980 at gmail and let me know what they want me to bring and I'll bring it and they won't have to pay postage. Well, thank you once again, Molly McGregor, co-founder of the Women's History Alliance here in Sonoma County and now internationally. Thank you so much and wishing you wishing you much joy this year and I know there's all kinds of different things that you're attending and please keep us posted. I mean, I'd love to report on them. Okay, well, I I have a lot of reason to be joyful, so thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, my friend. Oh, my God. There's just so much going on in this community. Well, what song did we decide on, Ken? I mean, we had a little... I'm so sorry that we weren't able to play this suffrage song, but... No more. So now we're going to play This Is What Women Wanted the Vote For, that we would end wars. 
we would have not only equality, but that we wars would end. So let's listen to Becky Hobbs singing No More War. And when we come back, we're going to be talking. Let me just go to my notes here because I need to read. We're going to be talking to Jenny Chamberlain, who is an author and also is a member of the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and former president and also was Woman of the Year for 2017 and also right now is the deputy for Supervisor James Gore representing the 4th District. So now we're going to go ahead and listen to No More War by Becky Hobbs. great thought if women ruled the world and the next interview i'm going to do i i would actually nominate that woman anyway welcome back you're listening to women's spaces i'm your host elaine b holtz and without further ado i would like to introduce my guest with me in the studio jenny chamberlain jenny welcome to women's spaces thank you elaine you know, you've been so patiently listening to all this. What, what's your thought with all this Women's History Alliance, Women's History? Oh, I'm so excited. So, you know, I was born in 71, right? So growing up, you know, being born in, I guess, when the women's movement started and being influenced by my mother who always stood up for, for who she was. And she wasn't she wasn't someone who was going to settle being just a housewife, you know, and, and always encouraged me to be the woman that I am as well. Oh, okay. 
That's quite a compliment. Like I said at yeah. the beginning, behind every great woman is a great yeah. mother. I don't care any, or a great grandmother. I was raised by many great women in my life. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about that. So let me tell my uh, listeners just a little bit about you. You know, I've known Jenny for a while, and when she sent me her bio, I, all I could go was, wow. That's all I could say. I was saying, this is just wonderful. Well, Jenny Chamberlain has made a her lifetime passion to serve community and to encourage people to go beyond their expectations, setting the path for others to follow. What a thought, setting the path for others to follow. She is the chief of staff to the Sonoma County 4th District Su- uh, Supervisor, James Gore. She's the past president of the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, Sonoma County, and currently serves on the executive board of the California Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. She also served as past vice president of LOCN, the Latino Leadership Organization, and a former Human Rights Commission. I mean, you only look like you're 16. How did you, how did you <laughs> I'm a lot that? older than 16. <laughs> how did Looks you can't be deceiving, Elaine. <laughs> Jenny was honored to be nominated by Assembly Member Jim Wood for the 2017 California State Assembly Woman of the Year. What an honor. How an did honor. that feel? I mean, you're you're like the woman that uh, Molly was just talking about, that <laughs> women history you helped bring you up. It's just amazing. Oh, I was just so honored. You know, when I Ed Shedfield had worked for Jim Wood at that time as his district director, and when I got that call, I was... I was just so humbled and honored that the assembly member would consider me out of all the hundreds that, I mean, you know, his district's just not Sonoma County. You know, it's all, you know, all the way up to the Mendocino, um, all the way up to the Oregon border, I believe, or something like that. And um, he had many hundreds of choices, and, and, and he chose me, and it was just a, a humbling experience, and I really appreciate him for recognizing not just a woman, but a Latina to honor that year. Well, I'm going to try something because one of the things, you know, I, I hear you your humility, but I think with women, we have to stand up and we have to say, I'm proud. I am proud, yes. I'm proud that all that this happened because when I read the story, you know, you wrote this, this wonderful story for this publication. The publication is called, let me tell people, it's called Destiny Talks, the Women Empowerment Edition. And it was 21 brave women that had this wonderful conversation. And when I read, you know, it, it's funny how you can see people sometimes even get a little mad at them because they don't, they don't do what you want. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, here's the bio, and you're going, wow, wow. So let me just let me just finish just telling about you because the reason that I think it's important that we acknowledge what you have accomplished is because you are a woman and you are a Latina woman, and there are many of us struggling out there, many of us scratching our heads, but you show the possibility. You know, you say you're an ordinary woman that comes from an ordinary family, you know, nothing nothing really big or grandiose about it. And here you were able to step forward, overcome a lot of barriers, and you have a lot to share. So I thought that's very important. And I also thought it was interesting that you write two lifestyle blogs. I mean, that's mm-hmm. interesting. What are the blogs about? Uh, one of them, I am a um, certified foster parent. So one of the blogs um, that I write is, and I'm a single woman, so single ladies. You know, I think a lot of times, you know, which your generation, I think has encouraged my generation, Elaine, is that a lot of times women feel that 
biological clock ticking. I have to get married. I have to do this. I have to have children. And for me, my mother raised me differently just to be my own woman. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And, um, you know, and I'm at the age where, like, you know, the assumption is, oh, you don't want kids. No, I do want kids, but I chose different um, goals and different things to do as I was younger. And so um, you can always have children. I'm choosing to be a foster parent and hopefully adopt someday. Well, it's interesting. I read, the, I wrote this poem. This is the signature behind I am women. I am all women. You know, I go beyond race. And, and through my body, a child is born. Well, the creator or whatever gave us that responsibility. Mm-hmm. But the idea that you made a choice, I mean, you're, you're still, it's still that part of you mm-hmm. that knows that nurturing, that mothering. And here, you know, you become a father. I think parent. one of the greatest gifts anyone can have is the ability to love um, someone else's child that you did not bear. What is it? I gotta reread it. Um, singlefabulousfostering.com. And then I write another blog called writeyourstory.com because each one of us has a different story. And, um, the writeyourstory.com is more of an inspirational blog. Oh, so, you know, I could just go on and write my story. <laughs> you can write your story. Oh, it's writeyourstory707.com. Well, you know something, then you would agree with what I said, that the world would be a better place because everyone lived, loved children, mm-hmm. all children, mm-hmm. you know, and, that, and that's what you're saying. Very fast in the studio, and I wanted to give you as much. <laughs> you told the story about the first story in the book, or the, the story begins where you start telling the story about you had to make this speech and you're a Hispanic woman and here you were charged with a speech that had to be written in Spanish but you did not feel comfortable in your Spanish in fact you used the word puka I'm a pocha I'm a proud pocha for those pochas out there shout out (laughs) what is a pocha a pocha you know pocha is like well I can describe myself Um, you know I'm I'm, um, you know Latina Hispanic origin um, but I'm not fluent in the language. You know, I'm fifth generation. My family comes, as I shared in my chapter, my family is from Texas. Um, many of my ancestors were from Texas when Texas was still Mexico. So down through the years, it's not that the language was completely lost because I did take Spanish classes, but I'm not completely fluent as some of my friends who are maybe first, second, third generation. So that kind of that limitation and, and what was so impressive with the story is that you you recorded it. You had a speech coach. I mean, you you just went the nine yards to do it. And yet, when it came the day of the speech, <laughs> you're freaked out. I freaked out. And this man, a friend of yours, comes up to you and says, what's going on? And you say, you tell him the story. And, you, and then you say, you're a pucha. Yeah, you know, it's my friend Alegria's husband. His name is Martin. He's a local artist here in Sonoma County. And I was in the back of the room. And I was kind of sweating. And I'm like, I'm so nervous. He goes, why? And I'm like, because I'm a pocha. And he's like, I I'm like, all the women on stage spoke the Spanish language beautifully, like an art form, right? And I'm like, I am a bocha. And he's like, Jenny, you get up there and you be the best bocha you can be. Be proud of who you are. And that's what gave me the courage to go up on stage. So what what was being the best you could do? Being Being the best I can do is just, you know, as the Latin community, you know, a lot of people, which rightfully so, focus on our new immigrants. But we're a variety. We're just we're just a beautiful people with so many different backgrounds and and colors and shades. And and so, um, you know, we have to look at each other as a whole people. Right. My family's been here five generations, but. The five generations we've had these journeys through the decades of our Latin history, Latino, Chicano culture history, and um, we need to really take that in consideration to what we're doing now today um, for equal rights and whatever it is that we feel that we're called to do. Well, you know, what I said also was behind every great woman is a great mother, mm-hmm. and 
I found the story of your mother fascinating. I mean, I, I could just visualize her. You She's know. a fascinating woman. You know, she was telling you stories. I mean, you have you have this. You know, I, chorizo I, and horquillas was our, our our Nancy Drew and Hardy Boy stories for us. <laughs> right. She used to read you these stories, and how how did that impact you? I mean, what what was it that your mother gave you, and where did she get her courage? I mean, she she had language barriers and education barriers herself. You know, I think you know my mother's an artist. You know. She sews and she plays guitar. I never really picked up those talents, but when I wrote the book, I realized the art form that she did teach me was storytelling, and thus my writing. You know, um, but she she is a very brave woman. Um, she grew up in L.A. She, you know, basically, my grandmother raised twelve kids by herself, um, but. It's, it goes back to the generations of courageous women, right? So you teach every generation teaches the next generation to be courageous. And, you know, although my grandmothers, both of them had 12 kids, they were home, you know, tear cakers, but they were leaders in their own right because they were leaders of their household. They were leaders of their children who, who then taught their children to be leaders. And my mother teaching me how to be a leader as well. So it must have been a real, like in my family, it was such a big deal that I got educated, that I got positions, that I got that, that, that same kind of feeling. Yeah, my mother, you know, again, my mother, you know, was a young woman in the 70s. So what I remember one thing that stood out to me is that she went back to school and I think I was in third or fourth grade and she got her degree, you know. And so for me, education was never something of the impossible because my mother had three kids and went back to school and got her degree, right? So did my father. He went back to school and got his degree to make our family life better. Now you're talking about two people who got married when they were juniors and seniors in high school and they didn't let obstacles or challenges stop them. They pursued their dreams and thus were the result. I am one of the children who's a result of their dreams. And also the way you wove the story, uh-huh. you know, the way you wove very strange. Yeah. How did you get involved in this story? Did someone contact you? Was it something you wanted? Both were involved in the women's movement. The Latina women's movement statewide through the Chambers of Commerce is very strong. Um, Latina entrepreneurs is the fo- fastest growing demographic in the U.S. And so Sonia contacted me because we've done collaborative projects together and said, hey, I'm writing this project, 21 Women, out of all of Northern California different backgrounds are sharing their stories and the the premise is that a lot of times you see women who who quote unquote have made it or successful and you look at them and like oh they don't have problems they don't have challenges that's the reason why I wrote something that was current in my life because although I've made many speeches and I'm a public speaker I um I still have my challenges and my fears and we have to overcome them right well, also, also the idea of women are supposed to be perfect. Yes. Somehow, you know, we're supposed to dress a certain way when we go on stage. Everything has to be perfect. But the thing is, is that you overcame it. Yes. That was, and, and you became the best. In other words, you, you had a limitation, which nobody could deny. You were the people, who spoke, <laughs> the people who spoke Spanish before you did have a better way of maybe of doing it. But yeah. the bottom line is you still did it. Because of my village. Because of the people that surrounded me now, if I thought I could do this by myself, I would have literally failed. Can't do anything with say goodbye mm-hmm. here. Yes. What is your? What was your? What was the favorite passage? What was the favorite thing that came across to you that you wrote? That I wrote when talking about my mother's mom, when um, when talking about her and and being young and and. You know, my grandma, my grandfather left her with 11 children as a single parent. And in, in the book I wrote, 
she must have cried herself to sleep that night. And I'm sorry if I get emotional. She must have cried herself to sleep that night. But she woke up in the morning knowing that she must be victorious. And because she was victorious, she was victorious for me. And that's why I'm here with you today. No matter what happened, she persisted. Persisted, exactly. Well, Jenny Chamberlain, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being in the studio with me. And, and I want to have you on again. Yes, I please really do, do, Elaine. Please we, do. There's more to this story that I think that can really... Yeah, and I'm working on some new projects. So I'm working on, hopefully, write a book within the next year about domestic violence. And, and then, of course, my blog continues. Well, you just keep, you keep me informed, please. Thanks. Well, folks, that's it for our show. Thank you so much to Leslie Graves, member of the Steering Committee for the Sonoma County 20- 2020 Suffrage Project and Coordinator for Santa Rosa Rosie 2020, which will be happening on March 8th. Special shout out to Molly McGregor giving us all that history and all that information. And to demonstrate women and women's strength and persistence, thank you so much to Jenny Chamberlain for her inspiration and openness to let all of us women know that we can do it. This is Elaine B. Holtz with Women's Spaces saying thank you so much for listening and I look forward to being with you the next time. Because a woman in your life The previous Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, March 2nd, 2020.